You go here, bro. All right. Let's get uh, it. He's, he's a pretty big professional. All right, Matt, he's let's a, start with this Cornell sports let's recap, do it. shall we? Let's All right, go. it is a jam-packed week in Big Red Sports, and there's been so many important games that's been going on all around campus. If you've been going around to the games, hope you're enjoying it. We start with what happened last night in the world of men's hockey, where the Big Red, ranked 12th, took on the 11th-ranked Bulldogs of Minnesota Duluth University, and they beat them 1-4. to Cornell goals by Dalton Bancroft, Kyle Peeney, Ryan Walsh, and Jack O'Leary with an absolute beauty of a backhanded goal. Duluth scored with Ben Steves adding one to make it 4-1. to And today, they play again, and it is hat trick or treat at Liner Rink. So if you have your Halloween costumes, may as well pull up to Lina in them. A special giveaway for those who are dressed up in costume, I do believe. Go from the ice to the field, field hockey, where the Big Red took on Harvard in a Game 4 hosting rights of the of the Ivy League field hockey tournament, but unfortunately came up short as they fell 2-1. to one. So the Ivy League bracket is as follows. Number 1 Harvard going up against number 4 Princeton, and the number 2 Big Red going up against the Quakers of Penn, who are third seeded. Both games will take place this coming Friday, November 3rd, at Harvard. This will be for an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament in field hockey and for an Ivy League championship. Jerry, tell us about men's soccer. All right, let's transition to over to that. The game right now against Yale is currently ongoing during our broadcast. It has major Ivy League championship implications, and we're going to come back to that when that game concludes. Now let's go to women's hockey. A 4-2 victory versus Union in the ECAC opener. Cornell improved to 5-0-1 and on the season. They're still undefeated. Sophomore winger Abby Adam had a highlight reel night with two goals, and they're also big red goals leader Katie Chan registered a point, along with teammates Lily uh, Deliandis and Izzy Daniel, who, are, who was actually the ECAC hockey forward of the week. Uh, in the final frame, goaltender Deanna Frazier saved all seven shot attempts, which helped give women's hockey the win. Women's hockey is actually going to Houston Field House tomorrow to play uh, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute at 9 p.m. So you can tune in to ESPN Plus for that broadcast. Yeah, Jerry, don't I feel like a lot of a lot of polls, a lot of people in the collegiate hockey world are kind of underrating the Big Red. I feel like a lot, like both the men and the women, opened up the polls really underrated. I felt like these teams were well inside the top 15, top 10 teams, and I feel like the polls haven't given them the respect. And now the Big Red, the women with huge wins against Penn State, and now against Union, who is a very strong opponent. And imagine a four-point weekend against Duluth for the men. I mean, you talk about talk about give me my respect. This statement oh, yeah, for sure. Big Red Hockey. I mean, yeah, th- these are both fantastic teams, and I can't wait to watch them throughout the rest of the season. And they're both young, too. Exactly. So we'll see how that goes. Now let's go on to volleyball. Volleyball with the greatest comeback of the season. They were down two sets to Harvard, and on their last breath, they go and win with three sets in a row. Three sets in a row, winning in five. Elisa Konvika, again, with a team-high 22 kills. Can you believe that? 22? I've never seen that before. Four blocks. And her second-year counterpart, Nicole Malice, chipped in 14 successful attacks in three blocks. Jada Sion with nine kills and two blocks. Sydney Moore with eight kills and seven blocks. My goodness. And they all pitched in, and they helped secure the victory for Cornell. The next match for volleyball is actually right after this broadcast at 5 p.m. So they're going to be playing at Dartmouth. 
in another very important Ivy matchup. So tune in on ESPN Plus, and good luck to the volleyball team. Matt, how about cross-country, huh? All right, so today was the first of three Ivy League heptagonal championships. This is cross-country, and the men had an excellent, excellent showing. Placing in the top three, they got third to only Princeton and Harvard with a score of 97, where if you don't know, you don't know in cross-country, it's kind of like golf. You want the lowest possible score on anything under 100 in a championship meet is really, really good. Two of the big red were inside the top 10 with Reese Hammond going 24-09, good for sixth. And Damian Hackett going 24-25, good for ninth. That's over eight kilometers, which is about five miles. These guys are going under five, are going about 4.30 pace for five miles. And we had a big segment about running and, and the marathon in our first episode. But once again, these we got some fast guys of our own here at Cornell running for run five miles in the time that I could probably run a melt, maybe two if I'm lucky. Uh, yeah, well, there you and, go. And now it's time. It's everyone's favorite time of the show. It is time to sound off. And for now, who who wants to go first? I think we I think we let the new let's, guy go let's, first. Let's make the new guy go first. Jake, what is your sound off for today? For listeners who, who don't understand what this segment is, uh, we just rant about one topic that we like to do. And we ask you listeners, too, to tune in. And if you have a sound off that you'd like to go off on, go to 607-273-2121. And we, you can call in and tell us how your uh, favorite sports teams are doing or anything like that. So or Jake you can react to our own. So Jake, you ready? Of course. All right. What are we talking about today? Well, the NBA season tipped hey, off. Not on the clock yet. We got to put you on the clock. Oh Let's yeah. Talk okay. About basketball. We got We got hey, a one minute. Clock. Let's start the clock hit. Let's go. All right. The Let's NBA go. season tipped off and it's been a very interesting season to say the least, but I'm going to start off with the former number one pick Zion Williamson. Obviously he's not been able to stay on the field for a while, but this season when he does, he is borderline unstoppable. And dare I say, if he stays on this court for 82 games, I can see the Pelicans going to that NBA championship. Whoa. But, Whoa. Whoa. Little bit of a, Whoa. A little bit of a hot take there. A little bit. I am not done. Start keeping on the topic of number one overall pets picks, Chet Holmgren, who is the number two, sorry, but Victor Wembanyama obviously has been performing on the defensive end, but that offensive side, I'm still wanting to see a little bit more for it. 0 for 6 in his second game of the season from beyond the arc is not what you want to see from the MVP over in Europe, so I'm still waiting to see what him and the Spurs can do from the offensive end. Obviously, if he keeps on pace, he can be a great defender and maybe even an award, but I'm still waiting to see. All right, all right, all right, all right. Good job, good job. Very nice job for um, first time, Jake. Did I just hear the Pelicans title contenders? You did. Do we really think Zion's not going to be load-managed? He's not playing 82 games. That's what I said. I said if he can play 82 games. He's not going to play 82 games, though. There's like a 0% chance. I don't think any player could play 82 games. Like, even games though the load management rules are not going to stop the Pelicans. Yeah. Like, they put in rules for guys who have for to stop load management. It doesn't matter. All right. All right. All right. We need to get off of this. All right, Matt. Why don't you do your take, it's, then? It's my turn. Yeah. I, I, we need... It needs to be my turn. All right, all right, all right. I'm, we're going back to football, and I'm talking about the Miami Dolphins. Let's start the clock. I'm just going to say it. 
I think they're fraudulent. Ooh. I think they're fraudulent. I'm sorry. I can't be the... I, I, I mean, their offense is really impressive. And I love what Mike McDaniel's doing. He's honestly one of my favorite coaches in the NFL. And that's coming from a New England Patriots fan. He's a great guy and everything. But I'm sorry, I don't see the team going anywhere in the playoffs. They may get that number one seed in the postseason, but they're not doing anything with it. I'm, t- I'm telling you. I mean, their, their wins have come... Against te- against nobody's team, Carolina, New England. I mean, they made New England look like a competent team, and were one Cole Strange yard away from losing that game. I think five of the wins they had were with, against teams, them. right? Against, against teams two, with two two, two wins, wins or less. It's yeah. insane how people haven't caught on to this, and people are calling this offense the second coming of the greatest show on turf. Are you kidding me? Well, like, they did drop um, 70 points. I mean, I, oh my like, God. Regardless, okay, regardless rushing, of what number team. Number one in receiving, number two in passing, number one total offense. You can't argue with that. Here's the thing, though. Regardless of what team you're on, against the Patriots, 70 points? Against Chargers, the Cowboys? Patriots, the Chargers have never had a defense for as long as we've lived. We've the had Chargers have literally never had a defense. No Los Angeles team has had a defense since the Rams made it to the Super Bowl. Derwin and James he, and Joey Bosa are not happy about that comment. I literally, bro, I'm sorry. Derwin James can't stay on the field. Joey Bosa has a little bit of injury concerns himself. I'm sorry. Like, it's just not... I I just don't see them, like... It's one of those teams where they're going to cruise into the postseason easily and they're just not going to go anywhere. All right, Jerry, you ready? I mean, well, one comment I will say about that is people said the same thing about the Eagles last year. Yeah. And they also had a very easy schedule last year. So we'll see how that goes. And I I will say you cannot take away any point from dropping 70, especially in this era, against, no yeah, matter how good your team yeah, is. Yeah, against the Bron- against like, you can't even say, oh, it was just the Broncos. I want to see them. I want to see them beat the Patriots convincingly tomorrow, and then I'll be convinced because that's your house. It's your it's your house. Like you're going up against a divisional rival in a game where historically you control. Yeah. I need to see the Dolphins beat the Patriots handily tomorrow. I don't want to see it. As a Patriots fan, I don't want to see it. But for me to believe that this Dolphins team is anything less than a, is anything more than complete frauds, I need to see them be in total control on both sides of the ball and win this game by by and cover the spread. I need to see the Dolphins cover the spread. Otherwise, we're gonna have problems, and I'm gonna come on the show telling them I told you so. <laughs> win or lose, all right? Dolphins better y'all, Dolphins, y'all better cover the spread. All right, Jerry, you're on. What are we talking about today? All right, so my sound off, it's kind of close to what uh, Jake was talking about, but I'm going to focus a little more on uh, Webinyama. Wemby. Wemby. I think that he has the potential. And I will will say that he, I'm not saying that he's going to be. I will say that he has the potential to become the most dominant player the NBA has ever seen. Oh. And I'm going to explain why. This era... This era of shooting, this era of defense, I mean, let's start off with this height. I mean, everybody's talked about this height. He's 7'4", he's and he has the wingspan of God knows what, okay? So, at this rate, I think he could already be the mo- best defensive player of all time, just with the amount of blocks that he can make and the amount of plays that he does on defense. I mean, this guy can really hustle from what you've seen so far in the first two uh, games that he's he's played so far. Um, and obviously, right, injuries could possibly happen, right? We don't know what the circumstances are, especially with the Spurs. But I feel like, given the right training, given the right amount of play and the right system, I think this guy could be very, very dominant. I mean, in three, four years, this guy could have one of, one of the best primes um, that the NBA has ever seen. But again, it totally depends. There's a lot of circumstances uh, for that to happen. 
we don't know, but that is certainly my take. So, what okay. do you guys think? Oh, Jake had the reaction of a century. What are we thinking? Uh, you were talking about his how you were talking about his defense, but I feel like you're forgetting a player who has a very similar build and someone who's outperformed Wembenyama in his quote-unquote rookie season. There's a guy over in Oklahoma City on the Thunder, Chet Holmgren, mm. the seven foot seven two center who has seven blocks breaking the rookie record on the Thunder for blocks. Yeah, seven blocks is very impressive, I would say. So if you want to talk about someone with that kind of build, someone who's been that good on defense, I feel like you can't really put Wembenyama over him. Hold on, so you're saying Chet Holmgren is better than Wembenyama and will end up being better than Wembenyama when it's all said and done. Is that, is that what you're what saying? That's what I'm hearing, because that's a little crazy of a take. At defense... I can, okay. I can okay. That's that's honestly that's fair, and I think I might agree with you okay. on that. I was gonna say overall, the offensive potential of Bumbanyama, you just can't overlook. Yeah, that. that I mean, that's that's some elite potential right there. No. All right, basketball season is underway, but we don't have enough. We don't have a lot to talk about basketball because October baseball is October baseballing, and we will have all the latest when we come back on Big Red Panther. All right, guys, we're back. Um, there was a little bit of a problem with the music break, but we have plenty to talk about in terms of baseball, so we're just going to get right back into it until we can fi fix this uh, issue. But Jake and Matt, why don't you guys start going off about what you think about the World Series and why right. we've already seen a couple of All games. All right, so, Jared, so... That's what this is why we have Jake here, so Jerry can turn into tech support trying to fix our music. Don't <laughs> worry, we'll get it. Still on our, our alternative rock station, we will get you your music. Don't worry. All right, so it is the World Series, and first of all, we have to recap what happened since we last went on air. When we left, the NLCS was tied two to two. And reminder, I said Phillies in five, and I could not have been more wrong. The Phillies' defense crumbled in the last two games. Their pitching absolutely went out quietly, and it was, as Nets fans, a sight to sing. Honestly, I really don't think it was the defense's problem. I mean, who do you think of when you think of the Phillies' postseason? Do you think of Schwarber, Turner, anyone of that sense, Harper even, in those last three games from when you guys went off the air. Schwarber, I believe, went 0 for 8. I think Turner went 1 for 7. And Harper uh, also went 0 for 8. So when your three best hitters really just com go completely quiet, you got to tip your cap to the Arizona pitching and say they planned for them. That was the film they were watching. And they shut them down within when it mattered most. All right. So that was... Okay, so that was where I went wrong. But when I went perfectly right and i'm just gonna go on the record and say that i told i i i'm never right on predictions but i i was net but i think it's a change of fortune rangers in seven was what i said last week and rangers in seven was what happened 
And what did, let's just say, what did I say? Adolis Garcia is absolutely him. And I had a crazy take from last night that I'm going to bring in once we get on to the World Series. But what happened with Adolis Garcia in the Championship Series? I mean, this team is so electric and you cannot take away anything from that. Garcia is just so patient in the box. You watch him every single time. He waits on the breaking ball, and he's ready to hit any single pitch that's coming. And he's strong enough to get all of them out, too. 100%. I mean, you could throw a sweeper away. He will be able to chase it, get enough power to send it out of the yard. Is that foreshadowing I hear? It might just be. Is that foreshadowing I hear? Yeah, it absolutely is. And the Rangers, you got to tip the, your cap to the Rangers fans creating an electric atmosphere at Globe Like Park. A lot of times when you see teams named after states with an, with a another team in that state. Like I think the they, they beat the allegations. They beat the, yes. They beat the Houston allegations. They beat the Houston. They First beat the, team to do so. Yes, they beat, the, they beat Houston. And honestly, I'm impressed because Rangers fans, not only were they showing up and showing out, in Arlington, but they kind of took over Minute Maid Park in Houston as well. There, I saw a good amount of blue in some of those games, and it wasn't navy blue. That's all. That honestly, the ALCS was fun. The NLCS was just as fun. But the World Series is here, and when we get back on Big Red Banter, we're gonna go into a deep dive of the World Series.
All right, and we're back from the music break. Finally, it worked. Hope you enjoyed that little Nirvana session. Uh, let's right, get right back time. into baseball. We still have another whole other half of the league to talk about, so why don't you guys get right into it? All right, so the World Series is on, and if you weren't watching Game 1, you were probably a Cornell student at one of the Hollow Weekend parties. We weren't. We were in Donlin watching one of the best baseball games we've ever seen, and I don't know. I don't know what what kind of game we were watching, but it was absolutely bonkers. Corey Seager with the game-tying home run in the ninth, which actually, fun fact, it was Seager's third home run, World Series home run in Globe Life Park in his seventh World Series game at Globe Life, Life Park in the first Texas Rangers World Series game at Globe Life Park, which, if you don't know, is the home of the Rangers that also hosted the COVID 2020 World Series between the Tampa Bay Rays and the LA Dodgers, which Kobe, Corey Seager was part of which is why that's, that's a thing. Anyway, the World Series is on. The Rangers won game one. And before that game started, we all wrote down our picks. So I said Rangers in six. And everyone and you two are on the D-backs in seven train. And I need to hear Absolutely this. D-backs in seven. Why, Jake, why don't you go first? I mean, it's not more of a prediction. It's more of you have a rookie by the more name of... More of what you want to happen. It's more of you have a rookie by the name of Corbin Carroll... He's probably the most electric player in baseball. Maybe wow. But when you have someone... Did I see Corbin Carroll better than Acuna? I said electric. Okay. Electric. But okay, fair. You can't hate against... You can't argue against the D-backs who were what? The 14th, 15th, maybe 29th best team in baseball. If you don't know, there's 30 teams in baseball. So they were the second worst team in baseball last year. They rallied all the way back, made a postseason run as the sixth seed. Now they're in the World Series. If you want me to pick against them, you are mistaken because I cannot get myself to do that. All right. I said Texas simply because Cinderella runs have to end and most of them end at the championship run. Also, I'm still riding with Texas because of how well they carried my fantasy team. And a man by the name of El Bombi Adolis Garcia decided to go off. And it prompted a question when we were walking back from Donlin after the game at 1 o'clock in the morning that I said Adolis Garcia should be in the conversation to be a top 10, top 5 player in baseball. And you called me crazy. Why? I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Adolis Garcia's game. I mean, you think Corey Seager has been amazing in this postseason. And then you see Adolis Garcia's stats. I mean, eight home runs, a three fifty seven average in the postseason. You can't really... I mean, there's nothing you could say to not justify those numbers. They stand for themselves. But... When you talk about top five players in baseball, Acuna, Mookie Betts, all those players come to mind, and I can't put someone of Adolis Garcia's standpoint in that level. Now, hold on. But before I let you... I understand we're rattling off players that are big names and very marketable for the game, but I want you to propose this. If you remember in 2020, when the Rays made the World Series, who was it who orchestrated that postseason run? Garcia. No, I said the, 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 the Rangers. I meant the Rays. Who orchestrated the Rays COVID postseason run to the World's Randy Rosarena. And when that happened, everybody, and I mean everybody and their mother's mother, overrated Randy Rosarena to the point where he was being talked about as a top 10 player in the game. And it was. It was crazy because he was a rookie who was called up midway through the season at the time. And Arozarena, yes, he was good, but that was more 
of an exception, not the rule. Garcia has had a top 10 caliber season, has had one of the best seasons in baseball, and is now backing that up with even better postseason numbers. If we could use the postseason to say to say that Jokic is now better than Giannis, better than LeBron at this current moment in time, and that's what everybody did, and some people were going as far to say he was the best center of all time, which I don't agree with, but if we can use the postseason to reshape player rankings, why can't we do it with the Dulles Garcia? And that's all I'm going to say on the fact that Game 2 is today at 8 o'clock at Texas, and I cannot wait to watch another Rangers win. But it is now... 4.30, and it is high time to talk about football because we don't ever leave ourselves it the time It is time for, for football. And keep in mind, listeners, by the end of next week, we will be pretty much done with the World Series if if there is a Game 7, possibly. but Game that, 7, if, it, if the series goes seven games, which it won't, it will oh. be on the day of our next broadcast next week. Yeah, so pretty much there's a decent chance that by next, by next week we will have covered most of the World Series. And on to possibly other sports. We will see. But right now, let's get into football. It is time for some football, ladies and gentlemen. And it's a brand new segment, too. With Jake here and us having a little bit of fun. And with all of the fun uniform news that's been going around the NFL, we decided we're going to do a little TikTok-style snake draft. Some, some uh, breadbasket-style kind of thing with, yeah. with a snake draft. So we each get... Four picks, and Matt, you're going to start off, and what we're going to do is we're going to snake around, we and we're going to fr- pick the best throwback uniforms. Um, it could be from this year. It just could be generally. It could be all, all and, time. It just has yeah, to be. Everything is on the table. Any jersey is on the table. It can be a retired uniform. It can be as long as the team doesn't currently have it in their arsenal as a primary jersey. So any yeah. of the th- throwbacks the teams are wearing with like alternate helmets, it's like the Eagles, game. the Patriots, the Giants, all in play. Yeah. As long as it is not a primary jersey, it counts. And some, and FYI, some color rush jerseys, like the Saints, the Cowboys, all, the Browns, are actually th- inspired, throwback inspired. Those ones count as well. Absolutely. I'm going to start it off and... The bias is going to take over for me. I have to go with the Patriots red. And oh, Dang Jake's, it. Jake's so happy. But that was my first pick. I was very happy about that. Oh, really Lord. sold the number one overall pick. How? Bro, I'm, bro, you can't go wrong with the red. I mean, it makes Argo. easily, in my opinion. I, I'm easily a the best jersey. fan. That is the best throwback jersey of all time. Easily the best jersey in NFL no history. Yeah. Easily the best jersey in NFL history right there. Pat Patriot and the New England Patriots. Oh, by the way. One jersey per team. Once a team's taken, it's off the board. That's off, the, absolutely. Once a team, once a team is taken, that team is off the board. Jerry, we randomly drew you as the number two overall pick, and this and Jake is currently like hopping around like it's a fantasy draft, like what he was when we were. He was waiting to see if he would get McCaffrey or Chase, and ended up with the wrong guy. <laughs> All right. Okay. So here's my number two pick. Maybe. Some people would agree. I think most people would not. But I'm going to go with the old powder blue Chargers jerseys. When LT, LT, the LT style, like early 2000s powder blue jerseys. Those go so hard. That reminds me of that dominance that they had in that decade. And just looking at those, that gives me like... Oh my goodness! I don't even know how to explain ah, that's that. A wild, that's a wild pick for this. You would have had them in the fourth round, bro. No, absolutely not. That's a Daniel not. Jones no, no, level. No, no, that's no, a no. Daniel 100%. Jones level pick. No, no, no. Yes, it not. is. Yeah, no, I think some people would agree with me on that one. 
But that's gonna be that was that's gonna be my top. That was not even I wasn't even that was not even on my radar. That was my number two. Oh my god! All right, Jake, just get just take. You cannot got, believe this fell to me at three. I thought this was the one on one. I thought it was clear. I'm not even gonna overthink it. Give me the Houston Oilers. Yeah, it's about right. I don't know how we did not pick that. And I'm back on the clock. I'm gonna go with a little bit of a new modern one. Oh no. I cannot this is the easily the best new throwback one. Oh no. Give me the Browns Whiteout. Wow. Whoa. Okay. Wow, that's crazy. Wow. So we've got a couple of uh if you don't Early. know the Browns whiteout, the Browns whiteout jersey, it's the coolest jersey in the NFL. It's right cool. Now. It's based off the 1960s era Cleveland Browns. It's nice. I don't know about fourth overall. I personally, all right, I think Jerry, you're ugly. on the, you're up. All right, with my second overall pick, I'm gonna have to go with the Kelly Green Eagles. Okay. It's a safe pick. All right, everybody likes them. They're a fantastic color. They remind you of that dominance that they had back. Yeah. Um, I, I, th- I don't think I don't that. really need to explain myself for that. I don't think I no. You can't miss with that. All right, all right, all right. I have I have a tough choice. All right, I think I'm, I think I know what I'm gonna do. Oh, I'm gonna hope one of these is one of this a certain team waits for me with the two o three with the six pick. I'm gonna go with the Bucks creamsicle. Safe pick, safe pick. I mean, they're they don't really and look that good. And then I have but... a choice to make. Between one team and another team, two teams that the Patriots defeated in Super Bowls, and I'm not going to go with the one who blew a 28 to three lead. I'm going to go with the Seahawks Royal Blue. Seahawks Royal Blue. Is who are it? they are? They're debuting that tonight or tomorrow. It's going to be look awesome. I personally don't like them too much. They kind of remind me more of Lions jerseys. I won't lie, but. All right. Um, In my professional opinion, he took both my picks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I might have to steal another one here, but I am going to go um, with the all-black Atlanta Falcons uniforms. Yeah. And I mean, so the primetime era ones. The primetime era ones. When you think of when you think of those, you think of Deion Sanders absolutely destroying your team. Okay. I mean, and also those black helmets look fantastic. So. I think I think you're gonna go with the red helmets, but still, no, a good the black choice. Ones. I mean, those those go so choice. well. Yeah, th- th- I don't think I have to explain myself in that and one. And now either. Jake's got, now Jake's got a couple of choices. Enjoying. All right, Jake, you got two in a row Enjoying. now. So what are you gonna do? Enjoying. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of at a loss here. I have no clue what to pick. I mean, you had the, the Bucks um, creamsicle right there for you. Nobody nobody had the Browns on their radar. Trust me. I don't know how no one had the Browns on the radar. I got a whole list of throwback uniforms that I wrote before the episode. You're on the clock, buddy. Um, there is a clock. There is a legitimate clock. We will forfeit the pick. Like this is the Vikings back in like, like whoever. What? Uh, yeah, well, whatever that was. That was way too long ago. With my first pick. I'm gonna have to go with the Giants. Okay. Okay. Giants I have that legacy. on my list too. So I, I like. I think that one. you can't go wrong with that one. That's a really good color rush Does uniform. Does the Lions silver count? Wait, are we talking like leg- legacy blues, right? Lions silver jerseys? No, but the ones they wear on Thanksgiving with the silver numbers do count. Yeah. I like that. All right, yeah. Lions. All right, Thanksgiving. That's a good pick as well. Uh, those were the ones that I felt like were kind of similar to the Seahawks one. Okay. Also, really blue. I, I've, honestly, all right. Um, Jerry, all right what with you... my last pick, my my four. I'm not. I'm surprised why no one has taken these yet. But I'm gonna have to go with the 1994 49ers jersey. 
No! The ones with the 3D block lettering no, on them. No, that was my pick! Oh, really, was it? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so I just stole Matt's pick, but I mean, those, again, remind you of just dominance. I When I think of dominance, I think of that. I think of the Steve Atlanta Young, Falcons. Jerry yeah, Rice Steve era. Young, Jerry Rice. T.O. Yeah. So oh my god. That's going to have to be my last pick. Oh, that's really annoying. That's actually really really annoying. All right, oh, okay, so okay, that actually yours? evens out the draft board cuz if you let that fall to me, I would have outright won this whole thing. All right. What's I your choice? And because it's and because it's like the last pick and nobody has anyone to say, I'm just going to be openly transparent. I'm between the Dolphins and um but I'm between the Dolphins and like the Marino era jerseys. What? The Marino era jerseys. Yeah, the Marino era jerseys okay, okay. and I'm between the um, Saints with their color rush because that is a throwback jersey. FYI, we counted it. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to go with neither of them. What are you going to go with? You're on the clock, buddy. The Minnesota Vikings. The oh, ones they wore in week one. Uh, the purple ones? I, I think... I think the Saints pick would have kind of solidified this draft. For I think I win. I think I win regardless. But anyway. You know, well, I had, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. I had Kelly Green. I had 49ers. I had primetime. Well. I had Chargers. Well, it's not up to us. It's up to the listeners. So if you want first person to call in and tell us who wins, we'll automatically win. But I'll also be posting a poll on our Instagram under new ownership. At WBBR FM Sports. That's once again at WBBR FM Sports on Instagram. I'll be posting the poll for everyone to go check out. I would now just like to I would just like to share a couple more jerseys that I thought that should have been picked but weren't. One of them is the um, white shouldered Dallas Cowboys uniforms. Those are nice. Those are nice. Those and are nice. and then I I would also like to add in the silver color rush Raiders jerseys. Yeah, those are those yeah, are the Raiders the, color rush was a good was a good option. I just don't like them because uh, I just don't personally like them because they're supposed to be color rush yet they wear silver pants with them and then try yeah. to pass it off as it's color rush. But I digressed. We are on to Stardom Sidum and Jake, you have a con- a couple of controversial ones. All right, so let's start with uh, the starts. So who's up first? You. All right, Jake. So what is your start going to be? I think this is a pretty safe pick, actually. I cannot go or cannot sit Zay Flowers. He has to be in my starting line. I'm with you on that. I mean, Lamar Jackson has been feeding him the ball. Any single 20-yard in in route, you'll see him wide open across the field. And the explosiveness that he has against the 20 cent. Seventh ranked Arizona Cardinals. I out Isaiah Simmons. Out Isaiah Simmons, who was traded a couple of weeks back. This is a defense that's hurting, and another defense that's hurting is the Green Bay Packers. Now, now I personally think that Packers defense is it's mid at best, but their secondary is really good. My start is Jordan Addison. I always like Ooh. starting a player after a legacy game without Justin Jefferson. I think this is a legacy game, a career game, career. So you think the hype game. train's going to continue? I think I, I have to buy in on the hype train. This okay. one's a real. This one's a. I'm going to be completely honest. It's a start based solely on vibes and vibes alone. <laughs> a lot. The matchup doesn't favor him. Without Jefferson, it doesn't favor him because of who he's going. Who he's going to be guarded by most of the game. But I think Kirk Cousins after that game he had, as they said in the Scott Van Pelt Sports Center episode before. He's a man, command killer, and Jordan Addison is stone cold, and I'm ready to see him go off again. I say book him for about 15. I mean, I'd love to see him go off again. All right, my pick is going to be, and here's here's an interesting one for you guys that have a little bit of trouble at QB position. I think like C.J. Stroud against the Carolina Panthers. Um, so the Texans are actually coming off their bye. 
that is always a huge factor. And the fact that they're playing what like just look record wise, they're 0 6. I mean, Carolina, their defense has some good parts, has some good talent, but I think CJ Stroud, with the way that he's produced, especially in terms of passing yards, and he hasn't I thrown that many picks, I think that CJ Stroud against Panthers, that's gonna be a good start for fantasy if you, you need something at QB. I'm with you on it. I'm with you on it. Okay, now it's time for the sits. I'm gonna go first. And I think this one's and Jerry's not gonna be happy about this one. I'm sitting Brian Definitely not Robinson, happy. and I'm honestly sitting the entire Commanders. Just lineup. everything? Are you kidding me? Sit everyone except for Terry McLaurin, who usually burns the Eagles. I think everyone else: Dotson, Samuel, Howell, and especially Brian Robinson against that Eagles defensive line, which absolutely gave gave Tua and the Dolphins fits from a rushing perspective. I think I, against the Eagles, who give the Eagles defense gives up the fewest points to running backs. This is an easy one for me. All right, Jake, what have you got? What's your pick? I'm gonna stay on that same train. The Cleveland Browns give up the least amount of points to wide receivers. So on that thought, I'm gonna be sitting Tyler Lockett. He's been suffering a little bit with a hamstring. He practiced a lot on Friday. He was a full particip- participant, but I do think that hamstring injury will slow him down and cut into that explosiveness that he has, especially now that DK Metcalf is back. I cannot justify starting Tyler Lockett. I can't justify starting. I, I can justify starting Jackson Smith and Jigba with that with Tyler. However, with Ty, if you're gonna pick any C, if you're gonna pick JSN's a bit if of a you're stretch. gonna yeah. pick any Seahawk receiver to start, if DK you Metcalf. Need, yes, but if you need a low end flex guy. Not with high expectations, but a desperate start could be JSN. He's going to be the wide receiver, too, for that game. Absolutely. And, uh, okay, so let's move on. Uh, I have, I'm have. i also kind of extending off of what Jake said. My sit is going to be Geno Smith against the Browns, and that's purely because we're of... High, we're not high on We're not high on the Seahawks this week. No, we're not. We're not high on the Seahawks. But, I mean, again, again, their defense has been absolutely amazing this, this, this year, and that secondary, honestly, has been improving as well throughout the season. So against Geno Smith and with, you know, Tyler Lockett, kind of suffering a little bit i think that geno smith could uh you know struggle a little bit against the that browns defense all right so we're gonna do a quick music break um and an ad break as well and we when we come back we're going to pick the games for all of them for this upcoming sunday and the monday night football game so please stick around we really need to do better this time matt because last time i checked we are 0 for 4 on locks so yeah, i am i am praying that we, we get one accurate one today But that will all happen when we come back.
Orchestra is joining forces with Punch Brothers singer and mandolinist Chris Thiele. The Knights are a collective of adventurous musicians who are transforming the classical orchestra experience. Having toured with such artists as Yo-Yo Ma and Bela Fleck, they've graced prestigious stages including Carnegie Hall, Tanglewood, and the Kennedy Center. Witness this unique concert experience Sunday, October 29th at 3 p.m. in Cornell's Bailey Hall. Visit CornellConcertSeries.com for tickets and more information. Hey, Phil Shapiro here, host since 1967 of WVBR's Bound for Glory, folk music on your radio and your computer this Sunday night. Well, these days we're not running live folk concert broadcasts on Bound for Glory, but we're on the air this and every Sunday night from 8 to 11 with recordings of the Bound for Glory performers from the last several years and lots of other stuff. Join us, won't you? Look us up online at boundforglory.org and find out whose shows are coming up next. All right, and we are back, guys. The last segment for today in terms of the NFL and for the show is going to be the Pick'em again. So let's do it. Let's do it. We're going to go through every single game. We're going to talk about the spread, and we're going to talk about what our picks are and what our locks are. Each person gets one lock for the entire slate of games. That's the one that you can guarantee will win. Uh, me and Matt right now are on 0 for 4 unlocks, so uh, maybe we just call them unlocks at this point. Yeah, uh, so, so if, you're, yeah. if you're a betting man, which I'm not, but I would bet against whoever Jerry says is a lock just and also, also you. Also, I I, I went point, crazy yeah. on my lock, and I'm only doing it because of our guests. And on, on that note, let's get right into it. The first game, the battle for New York or New Jersey or wherever the, you want to call it, the Jets and the Giants. New Jersey. They are going. Yeah, I guess Jersey. The Jets <laughs> take on the Giants, and I am making Jake 
very especially upset today as my lock of the week are the j-e-t-s oh my <laughs> i don't know what got into me but it's my I'm pick really as well so because i think the jets are going to win the game and i'm doing it to make you mad only reason two ways I my also, reasoning isn't the most sound today yeah, yeah. it doesn't I, I, matter just to put it out there i also have the jets so i'm i'm with matt here but Jake, uh, why do you have why do you have the fraudulent Giants winning this game? They don't okay, even need. Um, they're not fraudulent. They're Mr. just bad. Wa- oh, they're Mr. Mr. Bad, Commanders yeah. fan. Let's oh oh fraudulent. We're talking about. But I mean, we have <laughs> the second coming of Tom Brady at the head <laughs> in Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor, I'm second coming. I'm dead. Oh. Hey, say what you say what you want about him, but if you, you cannot tell me he hasn't looked like a very solid quarterback, he's I mean, not bad. He should have beaten the. Josh Allen led Bills, and you cannot say a single bad thing about that team. If you try to, you're just a Patriots fan. So, <laughs> honestly, we should be 2-0 with him at the helm. Obviously, the season is not the way we wanted since last year we were a playoff team and beat the Vikings. Nobody knows how the Giants made the playoffs. They are one of the biggest one of the biggest jokes in the league. And that's coming from a Patriots fan. Yeah. All right, let's let's move on to that next game. We, uh, with your we, lock of the week. My lock of week, the Pittsburgh Steelers would beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you're alone in that one. We both have I am alone in that one, but I, I think that Pittsburgh defense at home, by the way, at home, is going to really create some problems for Jacksonville. Jacksonville hasn't been a really, really high-scoring team this year. They really haven't. Um, in some aspects, they've actually had a step down. I mean, Travis Etienne. I mean, he's been doing great, but, I mean, TJ Watt and that D-line, that could really stuff him. That can make big problems. Again, this is a home game for the Steelers. That environment really It would have been a, a home difference. game if it, for the Steelers if it were in Jacksonville regardless. Well, we'll see what happens, but I'm the only one here on this one. So you guys have Jacksonville. I have Jacksonville because my I, lock. Yeah, I have Jacksonville because I can nev- you can never trust Matt Canada. I think that's a pretty good, pretty good reasoning. Um, Eagles versus Washington. You are alone. I'm alone again. Pick, you're picking the commanders, I and don't even think that's just your bias. Yeah, we don't even need to talk about this. That's one. just my that's bias. That's just your bias talking. No, uh, no, no. Well, actually, no. That's just actually facts. I think actually, the commanders yes, are going to outweigh wins. Please explain this. Um, so notice, remember last year the undefeated Eagles. Uh, we were actually at at uh Philadelphia, yes, and but we notice we, how we far beat them. the Eagles went compared to the commanders. No, well, okay. Well, we did beat them last year. The undefeated Eagles uh, at at Philadelphia, and um, this one is also, I believe. At Philadelphia? Nope, it's, it's at, at it's Washington. At, okay, yeah, we might lose this one. <laughs> 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 All right, that was my only reasoning, and I screwed it up. So let's go. Let's I move on. Let's move on. In the, no, I literally put the home column, and it said on, in the column, home, I just really Washington. want us to win, okay? No. Come on, I just, guys. I just really want, I just really want now, us to win the game, okay? For this next one, I really need to hear some reasoning, because I have the Dallas Cowboys and at a home game. We both have the Rams. Yeah. And both of you versus the Rams who have been... A little bit inconsistent, so I gotta hear a little bit about. Okay, that. Uh, okay. He doesn't like the Cowboys. That's, I just hate the he's, Cowboys. He's a, he's a Commanders fan. He doesn't like the Cowboys. I I think the Rams. I think you gotta go a little crazy. The NFL is extremely unpredictable, and that's really my only reasoning for the Rams. I think their passing attack is gonna go crazy. I think Nakua and Cup combined for at least combined for 250 yards on Dallas's on Dallas secondary, lacking Trayvon Diggs. I think this is a. I think this is just and, and not to mention that Dallas uh, that Dallas offense hasn't been the best this year. And against that Rams defense, I mean, you, you talk about production. Pollard's not going to do anything. Yeah, yeah Pollard's not, not. going to do anything. The D line's going to create problems. D line's going to create problems for Prescott. I think this one's going to be tough. 
Jake, you have Green Bay in a pick'em game no, against Minnesota. Or Jerry, you're the lone I'm one alone against again. Green, with Green Bay against Minnesota. Come on, bro. I All mean, right. Me well, and Matt already talked about it. We think Jordan Addison is going to go off after a, a legacy game that he had last week on primetime. I will argue he said that purely based off of vibes. This is a home game oh, for Green on, Bay. Oh, come on. You can't say. Green Bay I, owns oh, Minnesota at home. You're wrong because of you, you – I think this because of vibes. You're wrong because you think this off of vibes. That doesn't make sense. The Vikings are a more complete team, a better team. Kirk Cousins is playing like a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback or that, borderline that record quarterback. Speaks for itself. If, 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 you, if Stephen A. Smith can go on air and say that Kirk Cousins is top 10, I think I can go on air and say that Kirk Cousins has been playing out of his mind All right. and well above his pay grade. Well, 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 we'll see what happens there. The, the next three games, three games are, unimport- oh, are, are unimportant. We all said Atlanta beats Tennessee. We all said Miami beats New England, and I said they better cover the spread. I don't think they will because they're fraudulent, but they better. <laughs> if I right. had a and second lock, Miami's winning by over 30. Wow, that's wow, crazy. That's, that's crazy. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree that much. We all said Indianapolis beats New Orleans. We have already been crazy, we've been crazy low on Seattle. We all think Cleveland defeats the Seahawks in their throwback game, and we all think Kansas City is going to take down the Broncos in the upcoming blizzard. I'm the lone wolf taking Carolina against Houston, and again, my my only, my rationale is even a blind squirrel finds a nut sometimes. I remember as a Patriots fan, we started the year 0-3. We We go over to Houston, get our first win of the season, Barely, it was like Mac Jones' first game-winning drive, and it was his last game-winning drive until last week. Um, I think, I think this is going to be classic in classic Texans fashion. They're going to fumble away a, a meaningful game. This game's going to come down to who gets the ball down or ball last, and I think it's going to be Bryce Young and the Panthers. Jake, you're alone picking San Francisco, the injured San Francisco against Cincinnati. What are we doing here, bud? Um. I have Chris McCaffrey on like four fantasy teams. I can't bet against him. <laughs> oh. I think he is He's the most to in, impactful to impact offensive player. No, I also have Christian McCaffrey, but even then, I th- like respectfully, I think the Bengals are going to win this one. Yeah, all right. You can quote me on this. I think Christian McCaffrey is the most impactful offensive player in the league. I would agree with you on that. Yeah, I think if if there if MVP wasn't so QB based, I think Christian McCaffrey. Could I think have Christian a McCaffrey should win it. Regardless. I think he should as well. I think Christian. Mc- There's no one quarterback besides maybe like the only two quarterbacks who I could think are playing at an MVP caliber level is Hertz and Tiger Bailoa, and Hertz just got shut down by the Eagles. I mean, excuse me, Tua just got shut down by the Eagles. So. This we'll very see. well could be a year we see a non-QB win MVP, and I think his name is Christian McCaffrey. We all have Baltimore against Arizona, and Jake and Jake locked in the Ravens as his lock of the week. And to summarize it, he basically said the Cardinals are trash. Am I wrong in saying that? I just think Baltimore has been cruising the entire season. I don't see that slowing down. Better, bigger, or worse of a blow, bigger or, or less or more or less of a blow than the Lions game. Less. Okay. okay. And to close it off, we all have the Chargers defeating Chicago, which I think we could end up being proven wrong. And we all have Detroit bouncing back. I personally think the Lions are winning by at least 15 points. Take yeah. the Lions against the spread. They're minus eight. Take them against the spread. This is one of the worst scheduled primetime games of the season. I don't even know if I'm going to be watching. I can't wait to sleep during this game. Yeah, this yeah. is going to be an absolute snooze fest. It's not going to be a competitive game. We think Detroit, after one of the worst games in franchise history, ever since Dan Orlovsky stepped out of bounds, this is going to be a legacy game for Dan Campbell as a head coach. I think he destroys the Raiders. So that'll do it. 
for episode four, I believe. Three? Episode three. Episode, episode three, three of Big Red Banter. And we had an absolute blast talking about sports. This was one of my, this is probably my favorite episode of the year so far. Thanks to Jake for making it so Yeah, thank you, Jake, for coming. And I think he's had a bunch of interesting, great takes. Interesting takes takes that we will be, that I'm so grateful we recorded so that we can play them on air and call him when he's wrong about it. So stay by your phone next week around this time when you're chilling at home on Long Island. But for Jerry Shang and Jake Mano, and for WVBR 93.5, it's the alternative on that Mano, and we will see you next week where we're always talking sports on Big Red Banter. Now stay tuned for Happy Hour on WVBR. WVBR FM Ithaca. It's five o'clock somewhere. What time zone am I on? What country am I in? It doesn't matter. It's five o'clock somewhere. It's the happy hour on a VBR weekend at FM 93.5.